be smart. We're, we're all stressed and we're all kind of refocused on health and, and making sure our children are okay and getting schooled properly. But your relationships suffer during these anxiety ridden times. And it's, it's time to kind of keep your eyes open. Hey, thanks for listening to We're Momming today. If you're listening on a smart speaker or website, make sure to find me, Lauren Simonetti, on your favorite podcast platform like Apple Podcasts, Google, TuneIn, and Stitcher. And don't forget to leave me a review. Today with Vicki Ziegler, partner at Ziegler, Zemsky & Resnick Law Firm, about divorce. Uh, Vicki, thank you for joining us. Hi, it's been a busy time. Yeah, I know, I know, because let's face it, quarantine, lockdown, being at home, that's a pressure cooker for a lot of families and a lot of couples. How busy is it right now? Yeah, you're 100% right. We're calling it the COVID pressure cooker. We have seen an increase, I'd say, Lauren, of about up to 30% contact from clients asking for consults, you know, people realizing that during the quarantine, they were literally stuck in their homes, so they couldn't really speak to us. They were going in their attics, they were going into their cars. Now people are obviously getting out, they're not stuck sh sheltering in place any longer. And realize, listen, I'm unhappy. I'm I, I was on the you know cliffhanger of, of getting divorced before quarantine um, and COVID, and now I just need to get out, and I need answers, and I need guidance from lawyers. So we've probably never seen a busier summer in 21 years of me practicing law. See, that's what's so fascinating. You know, for most industries, if there was a problem before COVID, it got exacerbated during COVID. And that's exactly what's happening with family troubles. So, I mean, do you have, you would literally get phone calls from people like hiding in a closet so their their husband wouldn't hear that they wanted to start the divorce proceedings? Oh, yeah. I mean, I literally, when I was at home quarantining, I have to tell you, I was never busier. You know, a lot of people were kind of eating bonbons and watching a lot of reruns and, and you know, a lot of Netflix. I was just fielding calls from people all different times, early in the morning, late at night, on the weekends, because they had their children at home, their spouses were obviously in the home, and it was still right about mid-March, April, still wasn't exactly that warm, so they couldn't really kind of take a walk and go outside. So yeah, I, I was fielding calls from every every person imaginable trying to understand, are the courts going to reopen? You know, what's the status? How do I get out of here? What happens if COVID, you know, doesn't go away for the long term? So people were really trying to navigate and figure out what their next steps were. And, and I think anxiety was heightened because, and I think it still is, not on, you know, knowing exactly what was happening with their children and people losing their jobs. So there was all these different questions that lawyers have never been, you know, tasked with answering before. So I think we were all kind of trying to navigate together to give clients the best advice possible. Well, yeah. I mean, you have financial strain, homeschooling or childcare, mental health issues. Maybe one spouse is drinking more than usual. Maybe there's violence. Uh, it, it's pretty ugly, but you know, you're having, you know, you're going to separate, but at the height of the, the virus, where are, you, where are you going to live, right? You can't just easily get an apartment or a condo or a new house, right? 
And that was part of the problem. Exactly. And people weren't selling their houses. People, you know, realtors couldn't even go show houses. So, you know, we were the advice we were giving people generally, unless there was domestic violence, right, to call the police. And obviously one person would be removed if that was the case. It was to try to keep things calm and try to come up with some type of plan, start mediating Um, immediately. So what it was, if you had to, you know, pin it down to just one complaint, what was the number one or or even question, the number one thing that you were asked from from couples trying to navigate how they were either going to try to stay together or separate and end their marriage? I think the first thing was, I'm miserable, help me get out, and when can I get out? I think those were really the two components. So in, in terms of the, the when you can get out, what um what was the answer that you gave? Well, <laughs> it really depended on how complicated their case was, right? So how many assets did they have? If there was little debt um, and both were still working, but just kind of resorted to working at home, custody wouldn't be an issue. You know, I could jump on drafting an agreement and trying to settle the case quickly. If it was more complex, and I always tell people we have, you know, all different types of clients, housewives that actually stay home, housewives of New Jersey, everyone in between. If there was a complicated matter that needed a forensic accountant to value a business, if there was, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in assets, that takes a little more time. But let's get the experts going, start interviewing them start thinking about who would mediate the case, retire a judge or just a a normal practicing attorney and get those pieces of the puzzle together so that we can create a roadmap to move forward with the the divorce process. And what were the majority of your cases, easy or difficult? (laughs) When I have an easy case, I think I'm probably jumping for joy. I think most of the cases are difficult really because they're emotional, right? To me, the more money they say more problems, but I necessarily think the less money, the more problems because right. People are, you know, well, people are negotiating and trying to figure out who's going to pay the debt. And if you can't barely afford your expenses on a monthly basis, how are you going to allocate debt? So sometimes when there isn't enough to go around, it becomes more difficult because there's no place to grab from the money tree. When there is enough money, right, we can we can grab from here and credit, you know, offset the house, offset a retirement asset. So it becomes a little more creative for the lawyer to resolve. Unfortunately, not everybody has millions. If someone is thinking about um, starting their divorce proceedings now, right, what's the top piece of advice that you would give them? Well, number one, you're not stuck. So I feel like you always want to give somebody a positive piece of advice that's accurate. The courts are opened via Zoom. So the cases are moving. They're slow, but you can get progress if you do want to move forward. And my best advice is figure out a way to talk to your spouse about going to mediation or getting lawyers to try to mediate. Have that mindset that you don't want to spend all your money on lawyers litigating and come up with kind of your top five issues and how you see the case resolving. So you want custody, you know, maybe that's your top of the list. How can you compromise on that issue to say, okay, listen, I want to, you know, be the sole custodian, but I certainly want you to have parenting. What does a parenting plan look like? If people can start a dialogue, it saves them money, it saves them acrimony, and it really does allow lawyers to start drafting agreements that they ultimately could execute. And that's more, obviously, if people can talk to each other. Yeah, it's it, easier said than done because I know so, some of my friends, I mean, they start in mediation or they start with some sort of verbal agreement that 
they're going to do this uh, separation a certain way. And then it becomes very complicated and expensive in the end because, well, you know, for all different reasons, but very rarely do people live by what they say they're going to do at the outset of this. Right. Well, everyone's divorce is going to look like their marriage. That's what I generally tell people. (laughs) So let's face it. If you have an amazing spouse, you just fell out of love, then you probably have a really nice divorce. If you know what, you have a, you know, an SOB kind of relationship and somebody that gets you back and is nasty, you're going to have a nasty divorce. So that's the first thing you have to prepare, right? I always tell clients, I don't necessarily want to jump to mediation, jump to filing a complaint. Let's prepare. Let's talk about the assets. Do you know all the information? Do you still have to do some research, right? Okay. So let's say you don't know all the information and, you know, come on, we know a lot of women who have hired private investigators or started the divorce way before the husband ever knew that this was going to happen because they had to get all their ducks in a row. How do you do that right now? If you think you need to do that when you're around each other all the time, you can't be as sneaky or someone's not going out. Someone's not going to the bar. Someone's not, you know, uh, having the social life that they once had. Right. It, listen, it is hard, you know, um, post COVID things have changed and people's behaviors have changed. However, if somebody is cheating, they're still using their phone, they're still using their computer. So there's a lot of ways to detect that. And you are always on your cell phone, right? Generally, we all are right on our phone, on our laptops, and we're trying to get information. So vetting the right attorney is number one, because they can be a great resource to people. They can get private investigators. They can suggest different methods of tracking people and looking up, you know, there's the dark web. There's people that can just, you pay them a fee and they can start looking for information, not on the out, the web that's, that's open to all of us, but there's a different um, secondary type of analysis and research that people do, experts do for a fee that can find and garner information that we all can't get by just stroking keys. So knowing an expert that can help you kind of be your arsenal to all of the experts is very important. So to me, it's always word of mouth, right? You can Google anything online and who, what kind of good lawyers. At the end of the day, you need someone to say, hey, Lauren's friend had a great lawyer and she gave a good recommendation. Lauren's friend used this PI and at least he was able to give, give us some information, right? People are in their car. They're going from point A to point B. Usually if they're cheating on someone, they're going to take a stop in between point A and point B. So people don't really necessarily change their behavior that much. We're going to talk about that stop in just a minute. Uh, in just a minute, more momming today, right after this. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, I'm Janice Dean, Fox News senior meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts, and don't forget to spread the sunshine. We're back on more momming today with Vicki Ziegler talking about divorce during COVID. Um, and we we're just saying, you know. If you're going somewhere, you're going from point A to point B. And oftentimes when someone's doing something they shouldn't do or cheating, there's um, a stop along the way. And maybe the the ways that you can find to find out what that person is doing. Um, Aside from, you know, looking stuff up on the dark web or hiring a private investigator, what should um, women and men, husbands and wives be on the lookout for now? So certainly, you know, a lot of ATM withdrawals on your uh, bank Ah. statements. Uh, Yeah, that's that's a big one. You know, people think that um, if somebody typically didn't take a lot of cash out, all of a sudden they're going and they're creating kind of their Corvette or their Chanel account 
to stockpile some money, you know, you really want to be on the lookout for that. Um, that's one of those indicators that something's not right. I think people's behavior, you know, it's like, Lauren, we're friends and I see you all the time. Then all of a sudden you start acting weird. You're, you know, we're not having our great conversations. There's no eye contact. You're on the phone all the time. You know, be attentive to people. The red flags are there. Sometimes people ignore them. They don't want to even kind of absorb or, or listen to them. They're there. Somebody's not happy and somebody's doing something that perhaps, you know, you wouldn't want them to do to you. So, you know, just be, be smart. We're all stressed and we're all kind of refocused on health and, and making sure our children are okay and getting schooled properly. But your relationships suffer during these anxiety ridden times. And it's, it's time to kind of keep your eyes open. I'm glad you said that because I was reading not only, you know, divorce rates on the rise, especially right now, but it's amazing, it's amazing how many newlyweds are filing for divorce right now. I, I don't know if you've had any of, of that um, in your experience in your practice, but you know, if, if you just met someone and you haven't really gone through many downs and come on, let's face it, this was a down <laughs> coronavirus <laughs> getting through it and everything that came with it. Um, that's a big test on a marriage that is fresh. Definitely. They're not equipped. You know, it's like you, I always, I talk about it in, I wrote a book, the premarital planner, and we always talk about having a strong marital foundation. If you don't have a strong marital foundation and you have a storm coming through, you don't know what to do. You don't, you have no coping mechanisms. So these young, you know, young couples are hit with, you know, not even having weddings. And then all of a sudden they're living together and got, you know, maybe they get pregnant. They just don't know how to handle it. And then there's money issues. So I think a lot of those relationships can't survive because they just have never seen the depth of, of situational anxiety and pain that, that most people have at least endured a little. So it's yeah. sad. We haven't seen too much in my own practice. I'm still doing prenuptial agreements for young couples, but Are they're obviously more prenups now. I've, I've been doing more prenups as my career has gone on. I was doing maybe 10 a month, which was huge. And more women are coming to me to do their prenups in the workforce than ever oh, before. Nice. In the last five years. Yes. Go females. They're working making a lot of money and they want to be smart about uh, protecting their assets and their wealth in the event that they do get divorced. So yeah, I'm very proud of that as well. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't go here, but I am. <laughs> we, we know this couple and um, he was warned by her many times to get his act together and he did not. And she is the breadwinner and she is organized and she has been kind to him. Mind you, we're friends with him, but we're taking her aside. If, if one would t take sides here. Yeah. Um, and I, he is just not doing what he's supposed to do right now. And she is going to keep all of hers and take whatever he has because he's just not getting his SHIT together right now. Um, yeah, we and she's prepared and she's educated. And those are my favorite types of clients, quite frankly, whether it's the female or male. But when you have the female in charge, right, in that masculine power that has the control and is organized and is saying, listen, I'll, I'll, I'll do right by you. Just, you know, cooperate and do the right thing. And when you don't, it's time to, you know, we, we, we call it the sledgehammer and we do it often because we're, uh, my firm is a litigating firm and we also mediate, we do a lot of things, but if somebody wants to cause a problem or doesn't want to kind of go along with the program, they're going to feel the heat financially and emotionally. And, uh, it's just not smart to do. You got to shelf your emotion, shelf your ego, look at it like it's a business deal, 
make sure the kids are taken care of and, and move on. Yeah. I was, I was reading a statistic which jives with what you said about uh, how busy you've been. You said earlier, but the number of people looking for divorces between March when the pandemic hit and June was up 34% from 2019. Okay, fine. We get it. Um, divorce rates are, are up. But then I read in a separate report that for the second half of this year, we're going to see an additional 10 to 25% spike. Are you that pessimistic? I've seen it. I'm living it. I'm, oh. I'm, I literally can tell you, Lauren, that August is generally a, a slower month, right? People are on vacation. Most people couldn't travel this year. So they were doing staycations and driving around New Jersey and, and, and you know, getting out of New York. I have never in my career been this busy. My firm's been in existence for seven and a half years. I used to be at a big firm. Uh, we are up 36% in, in August alone when it's usually a slow month. And in September, and we just, look, we had Labor Day. We, you know, we just, we just started. We are, we, we can tell that the phones are ringing off the hook with consults. So I can definitely attest to the increase. And I think it's probably going to be the biggest September that I think lawyer, divorce lawyers have ever seen. Wow. That's just crazy. You know, I, like I get it though. You know, someone's unemployed and they're depressed and, you know, maybe one parent, especially when kids are involved, I feel like everything gets more complicated with kids is okay with sending the kids back to school, but the other one is nervous um, about germs. So they, you know, so who's going to homeschool or who's going to watch the kids? There's so many issues that we've never had to deal with that have kind of been thrown on us all, all at once. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like the COVID curse. I mean, I feel like for relationships, it's either going to make you stronger or, you know, you know, make you wander or separate um, your existing relationship. And I think also, you know, the climate in this country and the political divisive divisiveness that people, uh, you know, I was just doing um, uh, an interview about this and how it's affecting people's relationships and whether you're, you know, on the left or you're a Republican, you know, should you wear a mask? Shouldn't you? And, you know, uh, pro-abortion, pro-life, uh, Supreme Court nominees. I mean, you name it. People are fighting more and more because they're home watching TV and they don't they can't agree to watch Fox versus CNN. And this is really impacting people where we've never seen it before. Vicky, what's so crazy about that, though, is I can see those being issues when you're first getting to know somebody, maybe when you start to date or virtually date now. Yeah. You know, if you watch Fox or if you watch CNN or if you want to wear a mask or if you don't, maybe that's important. But when you're married to someone and you've known this person for years, doesn't I mean, Shouldn't we get more accused, uh, um, used to just saying something like, sure, dear, whatever you want, or more, you know, trusting of each other's decisions and choices? Right. Well, you, yes, I agree. I think when you know somebody for so long, unless people change, right? I, I was reading an article, which was fascinating, that these registered Democrats are now re registered Republicans because of the president, because of the nominees. They, they've switched. They switched parties. Now, listen, you can never forecast what somebody's going to do 20 years ago, right? If they were a, a Democrat and then changed to become a Republican and they changed their views, right? We, we can't stop that. But I don't think that's the majority. I think people have strong views and opinions about race, uh, Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter. And I think this has bubbled up in certain people's relationships, whether it's there's a lineage of different, you know, ethnicities. Um, different races. And I think there's things that are becoming political, which we've never seen before. So I think that's part of it. 
But I agree with you. I think when you marry someone, you pretty much know what their political position is and, and kind of where they land and what what you know um, news shows they want to watch. So that generally doesn't change. But we're we're definitely seeing that become part of the conversation. But- what advice would you give, not as a divorce lawyer, but as a woman who has been married, who has been divorced, who has been remarried, who has a child, what advice would you give to couples who are struggling right now? They might want to stay together, but they're having a hard time doing that. Well, how do you how do you just relate to them on yeah, the legal playing field? Yeah, I think for me, it's truly, are they both in it? you need two people to tangle. You need two people to say, I'm committed. I love you. I don't like you. I don't want to tolerate you. I love you. And I want to make this work. And we have a family. If you both are committed, this, a couple is committed to making it work. Then they need a contract between the two of them that listen, you're going to take 30, 60, 90 days. You're going to do virtual therapy on your own and together. And you're going to say, these are the five things I need you to work on. And five things that I'm going to work on. We're going to talk about we, not I, and we're going to talk about compromising. Like you said, sure, honey, you want to watch Fox? You know what? I don't feel like it tonight, but you know what? Go for it. Let's switch on and off. Let's be humane to one another. Let's be kind. Let's be respectful. Remember when we first were dating and we fell in love? Let's go back to those times. And if people can work on that, and I'm not saying it's easy, but it's work, just like you clock in and you make a paycheck, a marriage is work. And I don't care what anyone says, they're good times and bad. Then I think people can make it last. They can make it work. I don't know if it's forever, but they definitely have a shot. If they don't do those things, Lauren, I think that it's time to see a divorce attorney. What is the success rate of, of, of making that happen? of making it work, of saying, okay, let's, let's talk, let's talk to a therapist. Let's think of the five things we need to work on each and together. How often does that work? I think that, you know, there's funny, there's no statistics on people that remain married, how happy, how many people are happy. So I'm going to go on a limb and say that out of 90, let's say out of 90 couples that remain married, I think 50 are happy. And out of those 50, I think 25% make it work. And I think probably the balance do not. So that would be 90 minus 25. Don't make it work. So I would say a third maybe can make it work based on those suggestions. I think the rest ultimately will realize that one person is not in the marriage with two feet in and maybe one foot out. And I, I think then ultimately they may divorce one day. But I think people that can give it a shot, there's rebirth, there's all the, there's religious organizations, there's so many things people can do, Um, you know, um, meetings, virtual meetings, books. Uh, I I can't tell you there's, I mean, coaches, relationship coaches, there's, there's outlets for people, there's tools if they want to make it work. And what I've seen is a lot of people think it's too hard. It's, it's easier to divorce than actually focus on your marriage and make it work. Yeah, because that requires change. No, you're right. Vicki, thank you so much for joining us. It's an uncomfortable topic, but it's true. (laughs) My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Okay, have a good one. Listen to the all-new Brett Baer podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Baer favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.